1: We are in the mood for fantasy football. We are Pro Football Network. I'm your host, BJ Rudell. And this Friday afternoon with me, as always, is Tommy Garrett. You can reach me on Twitter at BJ Rudell. You can reach Tommy at Tommy Garrett, PFN. Uh, We're going to be talking about start sits for week 10, Sunday, Monday slates. Uh, there have been a ton of injuries, uh, a ton of midweek, uh, a lot of confusion. Are people playing? Are they not? Some of that confusion wrapped up. Just within the last few hours, uh, we're going to start out with quarterback. First of all, Tommy, how are you feeling? How are you doing going into Week Ten? What's your What's your mood right now?
0: I normally like having a decent outing on a Thursday night. It makes me feel like okay, I've I've got a good handle on how the week's going to go, or as much as I I think I do. And then you see games like last night that make absolutely no sense from start to finish. And so then you just sit here like, okay, is this going to be another crazy week like last week? So it's hopefully that it wasn't a sign of things to come because that was rough outside of Robert um, on getting that touchdown. Like that's Robert the best Hunt, touchdown yeah. I've ever seen. You should have just made it. It should have counted That's six points. I don't care.
1: Former uh, basketball star at Bellevue high school in Texas. So shout out to the Mustangs. Um, uh, I did some research going into that. He's, he's uh, a pure athlete. You can tell. He's, he's, he is. Um, and I had Mark Andrews going Thursday night and my opponent had uh, Mike Kosicki. And so uh, I, this is the best Ouch. Thursday I've ever had. Uh on balance Um, so no complaints but it is odd to have a couple uh, historically backup receivers be the top two receivers for the winning Dolphins team and for the uh, defense to be elite for the second straight week Uh, it is uh, uh, the Dolphins I think we're averaging about two fantasy points on defense for the first uh, seven games or eight games and now look at them Uh, let's jump into quarterback there's three star quarterbacks who have been uh, out for various reasons, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. Do you have any hesitation talking to the listeners out there for starting any of those guys as must starts if they're good enough to go on Sunday? Um, who are those again?
0: You said Kyler, Sorry, Aaron, Kyler
1: Murray, Russell Wilson, okay, Aaron Rodgers. Come
0: on the other one. Um, in terms of Kyler, I think if he's good to go, you play him. Um, even if you don't get the the rushing upside uh, that he brings, if you're looking for, I, I, he's not going to be like that top three option, obviously. I'm but like a, a low end QB one, like I can make sense of it. If you're already streaming, uh, looking to try and probably stream uh, stream QBs, he's probably going to have more upside than majority of those, just as long as he has all of his weapons. Depending on what happens with DeAndre Hopkins, then maybe back off because they're already out. Um, AJ Green at this point, like Christian Kirk right now would be like their number one option. So if, if nothing, if that doesn't change, then I would stay away from him. But other than that, like it's Kyler Murray and this is a, a darn good team. Um, Russell Wilson, if he's active, I'll play him. They don't have much of a running game right now. Chris Carson will kind of touch on, um, but it's still the ball is going to go through uh, Russell Wilson. I'm assuming that he's healthy. They're going to put him back out there. Uh, so I would play him, like I said, in that lower-end QB1 range. Uh, then In terms of Aaron Rodgers, if he plays, great. We'll find out. Um, at, the, at the latest, we'll find out Saturday because he's going to have to have two negatives over the course right. of 24 hours. So we'll know then. If he does play, then, yeah, I have no trepidation playing him. You uh, still got he's still have Devontae Adams, quite frankly. If, when Aaron Rodgers is in scorched-earth mode, that's when he's at his best for fantasy. And right now he is in that, even though he put himself in that situation. So, yeah, if he plays, yeah, I had no issue playing Aaron Rodgers this week.
1: Seahawks are a really interesting situation, by the way, just the context of being three and five Wilson mm-hmm. hoping to come back. They get the Packers on the road. Then they face the Cardinals. It is quite possible that they could be three and seven.
0: Yeah. That um, is the epitome of that. Not great. Bob meme.
1: Yeah. That's uh, uh I'm I'm not as uh, young and hip as you. So I, I, I miss that, but I, I will try to Google that after um, this episode. The uh, uh, the concern about Wilson longer term is, uh, you know, obviously he doesn't want to come back to Seattle, so they're going to keep playing him regardless. But at some point, <laughs> basically, does he play out the season if there's nothing to gain uh, and if his stock could not be higher as a healthy quarterback entering, you know, the next phase of his career versus staying with it? I guess my question for you is if Seattle loses this week and then they've got Arizona – is there any concern for those holding Russell Wilson that maybe they need to abandon ship, on the, at the risk that he might not play out the season?
0: It's, I mean, I think that would have to come like once they finally know they're out of the playoffs. Russell Wilson doesn't know how to do anything other than go out there and try to win. Uh, so, I mean, I if he's out there, I'm perfectly fine with them. They wouldn't start benching him until like last couple of weeks. I don't think it's in Pete Carroll or Russell Wilson's DNA to do anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I personally wouldn't do it. Um, I can see the case. Like you're saying, you, you bench your, your top players and I, it makes sense, but I just don't see it in this franchise to want to do something like that.
1: Yep. That's reasonable. Keep in mind, everyone listening. Uh, it's not just the Packers and Cardinals. Then in week 15, they get the Rams on the road. And then they get the Cardinals on the road in the final week of the season. It's like, if you've got concerns,
0: it comes from that matchup, not for what else
1: happens. Um, And my, one of my favorite sleepers this week uh, is the quarterback uh, with the lowest fantasy point total of any quarterback who started every game this season. Ben Roethlisberger is the worst fantasy quarterback uh, through nine weeks, uh, according to that metric. And yet I think he's going to be coming up pretty good uh, in uh, against Detroit at home, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that they're playing Detroit at home. Uh, is there anything faulty about my reasoning, or do you think Ben could be a top 12 quarterback this week?
0: I think top 12 is definitely going to be on the high end. I think that would be the absolute ceiling for him. Um, just because when you're not, we'll talk about Chuck, Ch- Chase Claypool later, but you're kind of losing some of that uh deep threat ability. It's still a team that really was wants to run the ball. Um, that's not one that wants to air it out, and quite frankly, Ben can't do that. Um, on the season so far. Uh, what was it at? Uh, seventy-one point three percent of his targets have been either behind the line of scrimmage or five yards down the field. That's
1: mm-hmm.
0: it. Wow. Um, yeah, I know. Like I said, fifty of those were behind the line of scrimmage. Six point eight is is uh his intended yards downfield uh, per target, which is third fewest in the NFL. And he's got the quickest time to release uh by over half a second. It's like a, like three point. It's like two point three eight seconds. It's how wow. quick he's getting the ball out. So you lose that explosive deep field play. It helps when you have someone like you know like Pat Fireman, Deontay Johnson, Najee Harris, who are all fantastic receivers at their positions. And he can sit here and just do this dink and dunk. But at five yards a clip, and also not getting those those deep shots, I think he might struggle to be a like a top twelve tight end, uh, a top twelve quarterback. But in that mid QB one, QB sixteen, QB fourteen kind of range, I can absolutely see that because I think they should easily take off the uh, Detroit Lions.
1: Cool. I think this is going to be, uh, if you're ever going to start Ben this year, I think this is it. I kind of wish I could trade for him. There's still time, I guess. I just.
0: I would be surprised if he's rostered.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I, in my league, uh, he is.
0: <laughs> mm. I guess every, every league is different. Every I mean, league is different. Bench.
1: I mean, that's, in, yeah. in our in the league, majority
0: looking- of like standard, hey, I'm going to start a league with my friends. We're not going to change anything. In the majority of those leagues, Ben would probably be. Be out there and free agent. That's
1: right. He should be available. Any any quarterback yeah. that's not top twenty should be available. In my league, every quarterback who's top twenty eight is taken. Basically, I picked up Garoppolo uh, as a fallback if Kyler Murray couldn't go because he was the yep. best available quarterback. So that's kind of the uh, makes sense. The state of things. Uh, we're gonna skip running back because there's so much great stuff to talk about running back, and I, I feel like I want to get through the other positions real quick. Two okay. receivers. We just touched on Ben Roethlisberger. So let's jump to James Washington. Chase Claypool mm-hmm. out. James Washington, presumably the number two receiver, although Ben Roethlisberger has flailed on downfield throws, as you just alluded yeah. to, Tommy, and his uh, uh, the catch rate, completion rate for his downfield throws are among the worst in the entire league. What, what do we think is possible? Is James Washington a top 35 streamer? Uh, or is it just one of those cases where we say, eh, Ben and you know at 32 years old could could get the most out of James Washington but not now
0: I think obviously we wish we had the older Ben to take advantage of this kind of matchup um the thing I like about it more often than anything is just that the Lions kind of struggle a little bit at cornerback so he's going to have a good matchup for the most part regardless of who he matches up against um the Steelers are still, are still trying to throw the ball a ton uh despite kind of already seeing like the the arm degradation in terms of his uh downfield ability and just overall his skills right now is like the mind is there but the body is trying it's not being able to catch up um so i mean i think james washington is like if the amount of time the pittsburgh is probably going to be inside the let's say once they're inside the 30 right and then get into the red zone like those are going to be way more valuable and i think they're probably going to be there quite often so once Mm -hmm. you get inside that those areas those targets become a lot more valuable at that point i think he could be a like in that wide receiver four range, um like a flex play. Um if he gets a, a deeper touchdown, they finally connect on one, it just takes one, obviously, for about any receiver in the league. He could get you that wide receiver too, but I'd probably be playing more as like a, a lower like a mid to lower in four, like a flex play, personally.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I think this is gonna be a, a big Harris and uh and Friarmouth and a little bit of Johnson. Deontay bit Johnson of might end up good.
0: being the wide receiver yeah. one on the week.
1: Total. You you think so? I I just wonder how much. First of all, I I wonder at a certain point, are they just going to be playing conservative and Snell's going to be getting in the game? I mean, if this is a you don't have the
0: offensive line to get conservative. A short four to five yard pass is almost as good as a run at some points, especially when you're trying to milk out the clock. Like Najee Harris could pull that off. Benny Snell, the other guys, they don't have the offensive line to try to make that work.
1: All right. You heard it from Tommy Garrett. Uh, and Tyler Johnson. I know Tommy and I have been mm-hmm. pushing him for a while. I think we each have articles about him this week.
0: Yeah, at least one. Um, <laughs> He's mentioned all over the place this week
1: for us. What's the ceiling for Tyler Johnson? If what What would he do this week? Let's say, first of all, let's say Chris Godwin sits and Tyler mm-hmm. Johnson is starting. Yep. And let's say you take a, a long nap and you wake up and the game is over. What box score do you see where you go, oh, I didn't expect that from tyler johnson
0: uh at that You're point ready? i would say if he can, if you could close in like that mid wide receiver two i think that's possible wow. um in the games well in the games where you've seen six or more targets he averages four receptions and 63 yards so that point yeah. right there, that's that's a 10.3 point floor yeah well now we throw in the additional targets because you've got chris godwin who's probably going to be out or at least limited in the snaps that he takes yeah you got antonio brown who's still hobbled Rob Gronkowski, who we'll get to, spoiler alert, he's out for this game. Um, right. So you don't have we much left. Yeah. Like you don't have uh, Scotty Miller coming back right now. So you don't really have much for a team that they wanted to attack this Washington secondary who's allowing this is the second most points to fancy wide receivers so right. far this season. The amount of times Brady's going to throw the ball, I love it. Tyler Johnson's guy who we've seen perform going all the way back to Minnesota uh, when he was playing with Rashad Bateman and outscoring him. Uh, in majority of weeks. I think he's got the ability. I could see him being a mid-wide receiver two by the week's end. I think he's a safe play in that lower wide receiver three range, at least.
1: Very good. Well, I'm pleased I did pick him up uh, at the beginning of this week. He was my top uh, free agent target. Uh, Most people league. still
0: can. He was available in 99% of the leagues when when uh, waivers ran. So he's yeah. probably still out there, and still. at least probably 85%, because that normally doesn't move the needle too much in a single week.
1: Unless you're in a super competitive league. Uh, in other yeah. words, unless you're playing with someone who listens to the show and then maybe uh, it's tough. By the way, the, uh, the uh, example I just gave to Tommy, the, what if you took a nap and woke up and the game was over? What do you expect? It's going to be a new feature on this podcast. If I have anything to say about it, you Call might need it. a shorter title. <laughs> well, we'll take that through marketing and see what people, if, if you like that, that uh, segment, Uh, please write us and let us know. And if you don't like it, please, please let us know so I don't do it again. Um, Let's jump in with uh, uh, tight end. We talked about Rob Gronkowski. He's hurt. Uh, OJ Howard, any reason? I mean, you know, especially with Godwin out, you got to think that Howard reasonably would be the number three, although you never know what kind of tricks Tampa Bay uh, will pull out in terms of a random person who suddenly gets five catches for 80 yards and everyone's like, Oh yeah, they can go seven receivers deep on that team. So
0: yeah, it, the concern what, is what, always like when you have OJ Howard is the camera braid effect. That's always going to be the concern. Cause you have two tight ends that kind of rotate on and off. who's going not have the better game. He had that right. big week over back in, uh, I think it was week six against Philadelphia. He had like seven targets, uh, six yards found the end zone that week uh, over the past couple weeks. He hasn't been great uh, as they've kind of been going to other options, but when you don't have much else, like, and there's a game that we expect them to win. I think he's got some upside uh this week, especially like I said with Gronkowski out, you might lose Godwin as well. Um mid-tight end one, I mean mid-tight end two kind of range, that yeah, like 14 so. to 16, I could see him pulling off. It doesn't take much to be a a tight end one uh in the NFL. Like last week it was Steven Anderson pulled off a top 3 and he had like three set three receptions on 49 yards, but he got a touchdown.
1: Like right. if you can
0: score if you can get 10 points, you're pretty much a guaranteed top one
1: uh tight end one. So someone with some upside like this, yeah, I could see it. And speaking of touchdowns Dawson Knox back mm-hmm. uh bills facing the Jets Jets defense actually hasn't been atrocious and we've talked about atrocious defenses on the show including Detroit today the Jets are a pretty bad team but actually uh, more respectable I think in terms of what they might be and they've had some injuries on the defensive side too that haven't helped but certainly the expectation is the bills are going to roll over the Jets you know avenging the terrible, uh, uh, a game they played against Jacksonville last week. Dawson Knox, and I, and we talked about it before the show, my concern about him is he is averaging fewer yards per game and fewer receptions per game than guys like Tyler Conklin and Dan Arnold. But Knox is seen as a TE1 because he gets the scores. And that's deserved, right? I mean, he he is a great red zone target. So you don't knock someone for being a great red zone target. So the question is, can we trust Dawson Knox as a must-start TE1, or is he really more of a TD-dependent TE1, which, I mean, the two very different things, and it really depends yeah. on matchup. How much how much stock do you put in Dawson Knox? And this goes into, by the way, if you have Dawson Knox, what I'm getting at is, should people be selling high right now because he's deceptively overvalued? I mean, the point to sell high was
0: obviously before the the hand injury. And he had to miss a couple weeks when he was going off on that that tear. Like I said, of the touchdowns, and that's what that's what elevates the value for basically anyone. But it's the upside of him, like we said, you compare him to like a Tyler Conklin, is that we know he's probably going to get those red zone looks. Like when Buffalo was looking like Buffalo, they were finding the end zone as much as anyone, and that kind of helps the floor of Knox, knowing that hey, this team is going to have a higher volume potential than someone else. Um, I said, he's got that low end tight end one. Like pretty much every single week, but like we said, that's quite a few players. You can probably give like five different players outside the top twelve that could all kind of do that. Um, the touchdown upside is always going to be there. That's going to help elevate his his volume over someone like you know like a Dan Arnold who's probably going to outpace him maybe in targets, but loses some of that scoring opportunities. Um, so like if you've got him, if you want to try to trade him off to someone who's really high on him, then yeah, obviously. But I would say do that for any player. Like if you think you can return value on a player that
1: the chat and they do this more than you value that person you're better off trying to improve your team any change you can i'd love to tell you about today's sponsor of in the mood and that is x chair uh, i am sitting in my chair right now as i do in every uh, podcast when i'm in this chair i am in the zone like this is where i feel at home this is where i feel comfortable whatever is happening outside of this chair can wait when you're in an x chair uh, so i strongly recommend it and if you want to get it too? Go to xchairpfn.com now. That's the letter x chairpfn.com or call one eight four 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 x Xchair for hundred dollars off your order. X chair has a thirty day guarantee of complete comfort. You can finance your purchase for as little as thirty dollars a month. XchairPFN.com Back to the program. Uh, let's go with running backs. The biggest story of the day. Uh, this is Friday. Alvin Kamara officially out. Um, I was so upset that I traded him after week one. First, I was happy. Then I was upset. Now I guess I'm a little bit relieved. Maybe I got a good deal after all, but enough about me. Is Mark Ingram a must start, or is there some kind of chaos that could happen in this backfield with Ty Montgomery, Taysom Hill, and maybe even Dwayne Washington mixed in?
0: I think he's a must start for me at running back. Um, They know how they want to use him, and Tennessee is not a great run defense. They're playing better. Don't get me wrong. But they're they are susceptible to to running backs. Um, Ingram's playing some fantastic football right now, and when you don't have a stable passing game, they're probably gonna rely, rely on him a lot. You do have, like i think you said, like Ty Montgomery back there, so you and like Dwayne Washington, so I'm sure they'll probably rotate guys in now. I'm guarantee we're gonna see some uh Taysom Hill, and when it's gonna annoy us the most, probably inside like the five yard line or something like that to hurt Ingram. Uh, if you got him, I'd say play him just based on the volume alone. He's probably like in that mid running back to kind of range.
1: Yeah. It, it's interesting to have uh Trevor Simeon at QB. Um, this is a, a team that really doesn't have any playmakers when you get beyond Alvin Kamara. So this is a wide open slate now for a team that really doesn't have much of an identity these mm-hmm. days, to be quite honest. Uh, Kamara and Michael Thomas have been the identity with Drew Brees for several years. And now this is the, perhaps the first time uh, in years that none of the three uh, are on the field. I would, I would want to look that up. Uh, but what really surprised me about Ingram and what I liked about Ingram is that uh, he caught five balls last week. Mm-hmm. That for me is the key to an aging Ingram. You're not always going to get the efficiency on the ground. I think he's running at roughly four yards a carry. He's been a little bit better with the Saints. Uh, a lot better with the saints was 3.2 yards of carry with Houston 4.7 with the saints. But those five receptions is key. If he, if you trust him to be the guy catching the most balls out of the backfield, he has a huge floor uh, in in this game, in my opinion. And I think he could be an RB one. It really depends on kind of what Tommy alluded to. Does he get the goal line looks? I think from the five yard line, I could see Taysom Hill from the one yard line. I could see Ingram. Um, Moving on uh, another big story, Nick Chubb out uh, and Nick Chubb would have been my number one, if not for Alvin Kamara, uh, but Nick Chubb uh, out. Darnis Johnson gets another chance to uh, prove doubters like me wrong. Is he the real deal again? Do you trust him as a must-start?
0: I have to. Uh, I was yeah. low on him uh, when he went into his last game as in this exact same situation. Uh, and he proved all of us wrong, so I'm not going to sit here and try to make that mistake again. If I lose, fine, uh, but I'll take a shot on I think it's a low-end RB1. I've gotten kind of that James Connor, Darrell Henderson kind of range this week, uh, so kind of base your upside on that. Matchup's okay. Um, it's not a game where I think, obviously, New England would go out and score too many points. It's a game where I think both teams are going to have to rely on the running game. I don't think we're going to see um, Jernis Johnson get like the 33 carries that the Browns' average. They'll probably give some balls to someone else, but... There's not much else behind him Uh, based on volume alone and what this team wants to do. Yeah. I love Dearness Johnson this week.
1: Yeah. I, I love him a little bit less than you do, but I agree with you. There's not much behind him. And that's the issue right now. They're they're not going to put this game into Baker Mayfield's hands. They can't afford to. Um, I, I think the Patriots are, I traded their defense a little while ago. I was content with the bucks defense that turned out to not be a wise decision. The Patriots have been just as good, if not better. Uh, some weeks, and the Patriots' defense I had eyeballed this summer is the most undervalued top ten uh, fantasy defense, and uh, they're playing well. Uh, I, 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 I think this is one of those. This could be a trap game for me uh, if you start Dernis Johnson. I, I think you have to start him. I agree with you. I also think he's the only trap.
0: player in this game I feel is a must start.
1: Yeah, okay. That's it. And I think he's probably going to be closer to eighteen to twenty-two in that range uh, than he will be low end. RB one, I think he'll get the I mean, volume. That's still
0: value. That's still a good start. That unless you have start. two, unless you have two top sixteen running backs on your
1: team, that's great. Yeah, I think he's going to get about ten to thirteen points. I'm seeing about that. Is that about okay. top? That's, that's that's about. I mean, that's better than Javante Williams averages every week. All right. Speaking of drop off, uh, Chase is the best segue I could think of. Chase Edmonds uh, not yep. only injured, but also was getting phased out a bit, and by a bit, I mean. Uh, James Conner was scoring all the touchdowns. Um, Mm -hmm. Now James Conner starting, you know, Benjamin uh, will be backing him up. Uh, We talked about them a little bit earlier this week in terms of the injury report. Uh, Right now, if you don't have, let's say a top 28, I'll put it this way, JJ Taylor or Eno Benjamin, if you had the choice between the two, if Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris sit, Mm -hmm. are you going with Taylor and hoping that he does enough next to Brandon Bolden? Or are you going with Eno Benjamin in potentially a better matchup? Uh and yeah. Who do you uh, like?
0: yeah, I'll take I'll take Eno Benjamin. Uh I just think okay. this okay. offense is gonna have more scoring opportunities. Uh That's for it. as good as the other as good as uh Newham has played at times, uh Cleveland Brown's a no joke defense. Sure, they don't have anyone else, but I think Brandon Bolden kind of served both roles as a receiver uh and as the pure running back. Uh Taylor might get a little bit of run, but I just like the scoring opportunities more of Eno Benjamin. Um, hopefully we kind of bowl someone over because that would have been the highlight of the year up until last night. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take, I'll take the upside just on the Cardinals in general.
1: Good stuff. What about Clyde Edwards? Flair could be back. Daryl Williams. Uh, this is uh, as getting to be as messy as we anticipated. The assumption would be that, you know, right before Clyde Edwards Flair went down, he was the clear cut number one and Daryl Williams was, you know, the one B uh, they knew their roles. Daryl Williams would would poach touchdowns from you know inside the two-yard line. For people like me who had Edward Solaire, it was frustrating, but that was the nature mm-hmm. of the offense. Um, now we've got him coming back, but Williams has been playing pretty well and has been looking like a pretty complete back uh, filling in. So the question becomes, can you trust any of these guys, or is this another David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert situation where – you just go with the starter. You go with, just like you go with David Montgomery, you go with Edwards Hilaire.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm still sticking with Darrell Williams. Um, right now, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, according to Andy Reid, is, is like, there's a shot to play, but it does not seem likely that he's going to suit up. Uh, so with that being said, I'll stick with Darrell Williams. He's been playing really well. Uh, he's had over 19 touch, nine, over 19 carries in uh, two of his last four games. Uh, three of the last four, that were double digit carries. For as bad as the Chiefs have been playing there's always that chance of, hey, this is the week they're going to do it. Um, growing up against Las Vegas, who's a team who has historically played them difficult. Uh, but for running backs, it's a decent fancy matchup. Um, I kind of like him in this week because he's in that RB2 to RB3 kind of range that right around like that running back 20 or running back 20 to running back 18 or so. Not a lot of upside unless you're going to find the end zone. But at some point, the Chiefs are going to get it right. Maybe they do it this week.
1: Uh, What about Devin Singletary? we got Zach Moss is questionable. And uh, yeah, I said that very slowly because I don't know if there's any breaking news. Um, But if Zach Moss sits, I mean, I've liked Singletary more than Moss for about eight weeks. I think I've only been right two of those weeks, but I still stand by it. Singletary has, uh, I think he's been better in the passing game. He certainly uh, has run much more efficiently, more than a yard per carry more than Zach Moss across the season. He's just not getting the scoring opportunities or he's not getting in the end zone. It could also be on him. Uh, I haven't watched every play, but Singletary, if he's starting, I look at him as a potential top 14 running back. If it's just him against the jets, I love that matchup. And yeah, I want to get your take on it. Tommy, what do you think?
0: Yeah. I, I love Singletary this week. Uh, when we first put out like the very first like start, set, and this is back on Monday, I had him in the star column, so I'm I'm with you. I've been on him all this week. Uh, Very doubtful. Zach Moss does play. He is still in NFL concussion protocol, uh, which requires, like, I think it's like a five-step program that they have to try to pass to get back. I don't think he plays. I don't think they need him. Um, Like, Zevin Singletary will do perfectly fine in this offense, assuming he is going to be the RB1 with uh, Matt Breida behind him. Jets are one of the worst-run defense in the NFL. They're a team that's reeling for as good as Mike White is. He's not helping him out on defense. Uh, see, so yeah, I, I would love Devin Singletary this week, especially in PPR. Give him a couple pass perceptions back there. I've got him as a pretty higher end uh, RB two, kind of in that sixteen to fifteen range. Yeah, uh, I think he absolutely be if he could f- easily finish higher, finds the end zone a couple of times.
1: On behalf of Tommy Garrett, I'm BJ Rudell, Pro Football Network. Have a great weekend. Good luck.